From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And joining me again is Kelly Madrick, who covers the appropriations process for CQ. Welcome back, Kelly. Always happy to be here, David. So believe it or not, there's still no deal on border security to end the standoff over President Trump's wall. And after the longest government shutdown in history, we could be facing another one this weekend if no spending package gets passed by Friday. House and Senate negotiators of both parties had appeared very hopeful late last week that they were close to a deal. So Kelly, what happened? Well, it turns out that there's still no deal on the wall, and now there's this new issue related to detention beds for people who are arrested inside of the U.S. by Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, or ICE. And this is a proposed cap that Democrats included in their first offer uh, weeks ago, but it's now coming up as one of the last thorny issues in this massive spending debate. Remember, this is not just homeland that they want to finish. As part of this negotiation, they want to finish all seven unfinished fiscal 2019 appropriations bills. And so, right, but ho- the Homeland Security is really the only thing holding it up. It's a lot riding on resolving this border dispute. And so now we're, we're extending the debate beyond just the border wall or border barriers into a broader fight over immigration policy, really. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that, um, you know, debating about ICE. If you just look at the politics of it, it kind of makes sense that Republicans are pushing this issue. Now, whether it's Democrats pushing it behind the scenes or Republicans, we're not clear. But Republicans have known for a while that this this ice line that's kind of going through the progressive House Democrats plays really poorly with some types of independent voters and Republicans. And so it's good for their base to kind of attack Democrats over this point that ICE is not prioritizing the right people, you know. Congresswoman Roybal Allard of California, she's a top Democrat on the House Homeland Security Subcommittee for Appropriations, came out with a statement on Sunday night defending this proposed cap. Um, and again, this would uh, cap the number of people that ICE could detain who are arrested inside the U.S. because she says that they need to prioritize deportations of people who are violent criminals. This sounds like a concern from Democrats. They're trying to use this spending bill to push an argument that They're concerned that under the Trump administration, ICE has gone too far in rounding up illegal immigrants who are already inside the U.S. Exactly. uh, Not for violent crimes, but just for being here illegally. And so they're trying to restrict ICE's ability to do that by cutting down the number of detention beds that are available. Yeah, and purportedly the 16,500 number is the rate basically akin to the rate of detainees from from internal arrests during the Obama administration. But again, this kind of hits at a larger point. But it would be the first time they've tried to cap the number of beds in that way. Yeah. And, and so, Republicans, of course, don't like that idea. And they say that they may not have space for criminals who need to be arrested. Republicans are pretty outraged. And they say that this cap would tie ICE's hands and potentially squeeze out room for violent criminals who have been involved in gangs, drug crimes, multiple DUIs. It runs the gamut. And so it depends on what side you ask as to 
where this issue is, but it, this is just another very obvious moment where Democrats and Republicans are at polar opposites on a small juncture of spending, and it seems to be the thing they're pointing at that's holding up the entire deal. Now, Monday afternoon, Democrats and Republicans, the top leaders on the Appropriations Committee, you know, CQ just learned this morning that they're going to meet Monday afternoon to discuss something. So at least there's a sign that lawmakers are talking again. You know, so they're trying to figure it out. We may still have a last minute deal. We don't know, but it's going to be hairy. But even I mean, beyond the detention debate, there's still not really a deal over how much money for physical barriers on the wall along the border. Exactly. And I think that that just shows the kind of fluidity that this debate has been functioning under now uh, for a very long time. And so it seems like every time one thing gets nailed down, something else pops up. But again, this is kind of classic congressional appropriations negotiations. There's always these little thorny things at the last minute. And that's why a lot of people watching on the outside I talked to a good off-hill source who told me this is just an attempt to squeeze the last bit of blood from the turnip on both sides, right? right? It's kind of a turn of phrase to say that they're just trying to focus on the last tiny little things that they can get out of what looks like a big deal coming together. Again, if they can't settle on these details, it could end up being another situation where they either punt spending uh, decisions by just doing a simple date change for funding, or it devolves into a shutdown situation, which would be politically catastrophic for both sides. Yeah, no one wants to see another shutdown. Absolutely not. On the wall funding, though, there does seem to be some movement here where they're narrowing their differences. I mean, we know that Trump has been pushing for $5.7 billion this year for 234 miles of barrier, but they are starting to back off that amount. We did hear over the weekend from Mick Mulvaney, his acting chief of staff. Is we'll take as much money as you can give us, um, and then we'll go off and find the money someplace else legally in order to secure that southern barrier. But this is going to get built. His message to negotiators was, we'll take however much money we can get from Congress, and then we may try to supplement that on our own with by reprogramming funds, and there's still there's still this option he has of declaring a national emergency if he really wants to reprogram even more money. Which, dare I say, sounds like a non-position in a way, because you're basically conceding that any level of funding is appropriate on some level. Right, and that would trigger a fight, but it may also be a way of backing down from the $5.7 billion and exactly. getting a deal. I mean, our sources have said they're narrowing close to a $2 billion figure. Yeah, and it seems that the $2 billion would be acceptable, um, but again, it just goes back to this problem of are lawmakers going to agree to play nice with each other or not? And is the White House going to agree to play nice with Congress or not? And I think it really comes down to that decision point. And it's not clear at this point what's going on. But again, seeing tempers flare at the end of a deal like this, classic Congress. Right. This is classic appropriations wrap-ups. And of course, the big unknown, even if lawmakers come up with something in the next few days, is what Trump would do. Mm-hmm. And would he be willing to sign on to a package that lawmakers agree to? And no one really knows. And I think that this whole chatter about the emergency declaration, all of that stuff, seemed to kind of be just like a side argument where Republicans were warning Trump, like, don't do this. Try to accept what we're going to agree to in appropriations, because there is a fear from some people who legitimately support border barriers and a, and a robust border barrier strategy, as they would say now, that if it ends up 
in a bunch of injunctions in the courts because of this emergency declaration, this wall idea could become a non-idea because they can't do anything if they have legal injunctions on construction, which might happen if the president declares a national emergency. Now, Mulvaney at OMB also kind of tried to talk around this this weekend by saying, well, we can reprogram funds, too, without declaring a national emergency. So, so we have money no, no matter what. Um, Some money, probably. But we don't know how much. It's not really clear what the administration is going to do with that. And in terms of a timeline here, you know, negotiators were hoping that Monday would be the day that they produce a deal so that they would have time to pass it through both chambers by the end of this week. Here we are Monday. There's no deal. Uh, so that means there could be... S- some planning now for another, dare we say it, stopgap continuing resolution, right? They could opt for a date change or they could torture all the congressional reporters on the Hill and make us all wait until 2 a.m. to satisfy the three-day rule, which they might do. Now, for oh, your Kelly for the sounds listeners unhappy here, this morning. I am not happy about this because this is what happens at almost every single wrap-up. Basically, in order to get it to the Senate by Friday, they need to file by Monday. But under House rules, Monday can still mean 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So it will be a big waiting game. Could be a late night. Lots of possible late nights this week for people who are working very hard, who have been working for a long time to see this process resolved. So let's cross our fingers here. So it's going to be a wild week. And hanging in the balance, of course, is the fate of seven unfinished spending bills that are needed to fund about a quarter of the government for the current fiscal year, which began last October. So that package is now more than four months overdue, and we don't know yet whether it gets done this week or if we'll be waiting even longer. But CQ will be covering all the gory details for you. My thanks again to Kelly Madrick. Thank you, David. CQ's appropriations reporter for joining me. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're hungry for some meaty discussions of budget policy, CQ hosts bi-monthly policy briefing breakfasts at our Fiscal Note headquarters on Pennsylvania Avenue, where you can hear from expert journalists on the hottest policy issues of the day. You can register through Eventbrite, That's event, B-R-I-T-E. For the upcoming CQ Policy Briefing on Budget Matters, featuring our own Peter Cohn and Paul Krawczak, which is happening this Tuesday, February 12, from 8 to 9 a.m. And for more budget news, subscribe to CQ.com or visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at rollcall. See you next week.